Okay, so just we spoke about last week. We started with a short kitzer. Oh, sorry, we started. We spoke about we, we spoke about the goyinim in the previous weeks. How the goyinim don't like to write pirushim. The goyinim don't like halacha has to be centralized. Learning has to be in one number of places. It can't be in multiple places. Um, and machlokes is a bad thing. They don't write pirushim. Then, then we come down to the fact that. The Rishonim, the early Rishonim, Rabbi Nachmanel and Rav Chushiel, start writing Pirushim. They start writing Pirushim, and but we spoke about how they're very bekitzer, and they're still you don't know they're just looking for the halacha, and Machlekes is a bad thing. They're looking for the halacha. Actually, Rav Yosef Yosef wanted to reinstitute this that we shouldn't learn Machlekes. We should have one halacha for everybody, one unified psak, and and that's it. That's the way halacha should work. There shouldn't be room for Machlekes. Then we spoke about how things developed to Rabbi Gershon, and Rabbi Gershon all of a sudden Machlek is a good thing. Everybody's entitled to their opinion. Everybody in the tshuva will bring down everybody's opinion, everybody's argument, everybody's question. But still, what ends up happening is that you still have to learn in yeshiva. You still have to go to somebody for somebody to teach you. You can't learn by yourself. You have had to have, your opinion is valid. You're able to argue, you're able to ask. But you've had to have learned by somebody to really understand what's going on. Rashi changed all that. Rashi changes the whole way of learning, the whole way things work out. Now, before we really speak about Rashi, just a little bit about his life. So his name is Shlaim Ben Yitzchak. His father's name is Yitzchak. We don't really know that much about his father. In a letter, his father is giving the title of Kaddish, of, of Kaddish. So some people want to say that he was killed al Kaddish Hashem. So we give him the title of Kaddish, but we don't really know that much about his father. Some people say the Yud in Rashi is not for Ben Yitzchak, but it's from, for Yark. His father's from the city of Lunil, which in French means moon. So he's called Yarchi, moon, Shmuel Hamun, and Tereshleimba. And so all people say the Yud is Rabban Shel Yisrael. He's the teacher of everybody, and he's our teacher. So his name is Rashi David Zar, Rabban Shel Yisrael. He's our teacher, he's our master. And we, and we so he's born in the city of Twa which is about 110 miles away from Paris, about two hours by car. So there's a lot of legends and stories about how Rashi was born. The most famous story is that Rashi's father found the gem, found the precious stone, and he offered to sell it to the Christians, and the Christians wanted it. But they, then, they, but then he found out the bishop wanted it for his cross. So when Rashi, Rashi knew that he couldn't say no, he couldn't tell him... What? His father. Rashi's father knew that he couldn't say no, so he, he, on the way there, he pretends to have thrown in the sea and pretend to lose it. So then after this, they didn't have children for a while, so Basco or Leona became, depending on which gears of the story, which version of the story you have, and said, you're going to have a child that's going to teach the entire, that's going to be a light to the entire Jewish people. Another story is that when Rashi's parents moved to Worms, so this is actually, it is, it is, it's not so clear, telling of the dispute where Rashi was born. So this is opinion that Rashi was born in, in Worms. Rashi's mother was walking down the street and a carriage came from two directions and she had to, so she shouldn't be run out by the carriage. She put herself against the wall and uh, like, an ink, un, like the wall swallowed her stomach, like it went in and meaning there was a wall. Indian. There's an indent in the wall. So room for her stomach. She was pregnant. The so, and they say you can still see that in the, if you go to the old shul of worms, they still have that uh, mark, that indent. What? No, she dodged it. Okay. 
Fine. For the most part, the community in Rashi grows up, and Rashi grows in Twa, they know how to learn. They're not Amaratim, right? We spoke about how in Svart, there are some opinions that they didn't know how to learn that well, but we know in this city they know how to learn. They're asking Shiloh's and communication to the yeshivas in Worms and Mainz. Mainz. Worms and Mainz and Shpira make up the three oldest cities in Ashkenaz. The Rush writes in a tshuva regarding what's better than Messiah's Ashkenazim or Messiah's Sfarad. Who has a better Messiah, the Sfarad than the Ashkenazim? About caches of birds. He writes, even though I'm living in Spain, because the Rush had to run away from Europe, because that's what happened to his Rebbe, the Marami Rutherberg was kidnapped and was held ransom, and he told us not to pay the ransom, and he died in prison. And the Rush was scared that he could take him next and ransom him, so he ran to Spain. So he writes, even though I'm living in Spain, I'm not going to give up the Messiah of Ashkenaz, because the Messiah of Ashkenaz is much better. His lashon is that he writes, "Kani machzik es hamesoyras shalonu v'kibal savisayin ozal chach me Ashkenaz shoyis ha'atayr Yerushalayim ma'avisayim miemois hachurban." That they have a mesorah of how to learn. How they have, they have a mesorah from the days of the churban, which is from which is about a thousand, twelve hundred years. The Rosh is living twelve hundred years after that. So we have a mesorah that's twelve hundred years. And he says, even the Sephardim, even the French guys that are newer than us, they're better than the Sephardim. The Sephardish Messiah, he says, in this land, in this, it's not a good Messiah. Uh, but, so even though Ashkenaz, these cities are around for the Russians writing from the time of the turn of the century, from, 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 from Chorban Bayes, they don't really become a center of learning until Rav Kleinemus leaves Italy. He's a Rav in Bari, he's a big, one of the big families of Bari. He leaves Italy and he moves to, he moves to Worms, he moves to Ashkenaz. It's interesting to know that according to the Russians writing, the Russians writing that there was no Messiah's Atayra in Spain until very recently. There's no Messiah of the Torah until very recently in Spain. And which is interesting because the, the Ravid in his Sefer Shalosh which we quoted earlier about the story of the four captives, the Ravid brings that there's, he really speaks about this family called it's the Baruch family, but in Arabic it's the Al-Baila family. They have a lot of big robot in that family. He writes that that family has been in Spain since his man Titus. Titus took them from, from Yehuda, they were silk merchants, to go live in Spain and to do work with silk. And there was the leader of the family was Baruch, who the family is named after. And he developed the silk industry for the Romans in Spain. And they made him the governor of one of the, prov the province of, I can't really pronounce it, Mordia. Korf, how do you pronounce it? Mord, Mord, Mordia? M-U-R-I-D-A. Whatever. I don't know. I don't know how to properly pronounce it. But he becomes the governor. So the Ravid writes, the Ravid seems to give him a Masoira in Spain the last a thousand years. Meaning, same as Ashkenaz. So there's a little bit of a machlaik as how long really Jews were in Spain for, but either way. So, so they're, in, they're in touch with these ancient communities. Twa'as, they're in touch halachically. They're asking their child that they're sending their bachim to learn there. These it's about 280 miles apart. It's about 280 miles apart, which is about a five hour drive. And, and so Rashi goes there when he's 18. Rashi's uncle, oh. Okay, so it's in Portugal. Fine. So Rashi's uncle is Rav Shimon Azakim. Rashi quotes him, how do we know this? Because Rashi, if you look at the source, number one, the first source, Rashi in Tachat Shabbos, Tafpehei, Rashi writes, Munachatili, Smach Piyasoid, Shal Rav Shimon Azakim, Achi Imi. There's a smach for what I'm writing, based on the Yisoid, what Rav Shimon Azakim wrote, 
my, my mother's sister, my brother's brother, and he is a Talmud of Rabbeinu Gershomer Hagayla. So Rashi's uncle is a big rob, he's a brother of mine. Some people say that Rashi, this, this Rabbeinu Shimon Azakin or Shimon Gadol is the same one, that's a big, he's a big python, and there's a legend about him with his son being kidnapped, whatever, there's a lot of disputes about this story is true, but either way, the story they say about his uncle is that his uncle had a kid that was kidnapped by the Christian nurse, and he was brought up in a monastery, and eventually he makes his way up through the church, and he eventually becomes a bishop, a cardinal, and then he becomes pope. And Rav Shimon HaGadol, Rav Shimon is known for debating Christians, he's the defender of the Jewish people, and he's also a master chess player. So when he goes to the Pope, he, the Pope wants to play chess with him. And he sees that the Pope knows a move that only he taught his kids, and they find out that they're reunited, they find out his kids, and the guy does tshuva, but before he does that, he does a lot of good things for Jews. He renacts a lot of things. It's a story. The story was really only really said 200 years after it's supposed to happen, so you can take it as you want. I mean, the story only starts appearing, let's say this should have taken place in the 10 hundreds, the story only starts appearing in the 1400s, 1300s. So you can take it how you want, but this is a story about him. But either way, he's a big python. He writes a lot of the things we say on Rosh Hashanah are from him. He also has a, has a, has a zemer for Shabbos that some people say, Baruch Hashem Yehmiyam, I don't know if anybody knows it, but that was written by Rashi's uncle. He's a miyuchas. He's 41 generations from Yehichanan Asandler. He's from Malchus based David. So now at the age of 18, Rashi goes, on something that's going to change everything, Rashi goes to learn in Mainz. At that point, he's married and he has two daughters already. He, yeah. He's married, he has two daughters already. There are different opinions how many daughters, he only had daughters, different opinions how many daughters he had, but everybody agrees that he had two daughters. We know a lot more about these two daughters than the other ones, if he had other ones, because they married Big Rabbanim. They married Big Rabbanim, and their kids become the Baalatayasvisen. So Rashi's time in Maine, Rashi comes back home three times a year. Rashi's day comes, so while he's in seven years in Mainz, he comes home for Tishrei, for Pesach, and for Shavuos. Otherwise, he stays in Mainz. He stays learning in Yeshiva. While he's there, he starts gathering all the notes. Rabbeinu Gesh, the way it worked was that everybody wrote their notes on the sugyas. You learn something, you wrote it down. Rashi starts collecting these. Rashi collects Rabbeinu Gesh, he collects the different, the different Yeshivas. He collects their notes and their purush from the sugya. The problem with them, and the reason why we don't use them anymore, and the reason why we actually overtook them is because if you really want to understand them, you have to have a knowledge of the whole sugya. It's, <laughs> it's more like notes, like you were there, you have to have a background in Gemara, you have to know all these things. Meaning, it's just notes to remember things, it's headlines. So, his first rabbi is Rav Yaakov and Yaker. What? Bullet points. Yeah, his first rabbi is Rav Yaakov and Yaker. So, Rav Yaakov and Yaker writes a sefer called Basra Gabe Gicholim. Meat upon the charcoal. So historians and want to say that it's from it's from that it's really from the Goenim, and it's much like that some from certain version it's from the Goenim, but it doesn't really work out because it's only quoted by Ashkenazim. The sefer is only quoted by Ashkenazim. He says svaras that are unique to Chachmei Ashkenaz, halachas, and he argues the fetish of the Goenim. And he doesn't bring that if he was living in Babel and he was arguing with the accepted halacha, he would quote it. So people want to say it's from the Goenim, but it's more likely from the Rishonim, and if it is from the Rishonim, it's from Rashi's Rebbe, Yaakov and Yaakov. So now why does he call the Sefer Basra Gabe Gecholim? So the Chidor brings out in Shem Agdolim, and the Mariel writes in Peter Shemariel Simen Pehei, that it's called Basra Gabe Gecholim, because just like Basra Gabe Gecholim tastes delicious, a barbecue tastes good, 
So too, the Sephardas and the Dinim that he says in the Sefer, they taste amazing, they're the best. So that's why he calls it Basar Vagabar Cholam. Yeah, yeah, that's number two. You see, you see number, if you see number two, it says, Basar Vagabar brings out a Shevak Dardim, who Simon, Simon, the mask, and the Rosh Hashanah bring down. It's called this because it tastes like meat. It tastes like meat. That's how good it is. And we will also say the only Sefer was lost in Bizan Akzeris in the Shmad. And there, we have a kind of shuvas that are left from it. <coughs> Another reason why it would be called Basar Gabe Gicholim would be because it has to do, it's very likely it just had to do with Hilchas Bishal Akum and the Gemara of Adazara. In Avaydazar and Daflamet Chas, starts off Basar Gabi Gichol Shehipul Akum. So that's another option. But you have the Drash and the Pshat. So, but yeah, his, so guys, when you're writing Svarim, you should think New Basar Gabi Gichol is a good name. It's available. Um, Rashi. So Rashi, what's unique with Rashi learns from Rabbi Yaakov Yak, Ben Yaker is not only he learns how to learn, not only gets information, but he also learns methodology. He learns how to think. He's absorbed his way of thinking. Rashi is amazing. Rashi absorbs his teacher's way of thinking. Rashi writes in the tshuva, although I've never heard this halacha from my Rebbe, Rabbi Yaakov Yaker, but I know the way he thinks. I've mastered the way he thinks, and I know this is the psaki he would tell you, and then he argues. But, but he, Rashi has mastered, Rashi knows, Rashi is able to absorb not only information, but a way of thinking. So after seven years in, in mind, Rashi comes back to Twa when he's 25 years old, after his mother passes away, and he comes and he joins the, Abbe, he joins the Beisdin. When the Av Beisdin, Rav Zerach ben Avram, passes away, he becomes Av Beisdin. So now he opens up his yeshiva in 1170, when he's 30 years old. He starts up his yeshiva, and his yeshiva comes immediately, immensely popular, immediately becomes very popular in the center of Torah learning. That's when he starts writing his Pirush on the Gemara, and his Pirush on the Torah. You know, there's a... So some historians say that it's not possible that Rashi was, Rashi, right? If Rashi, we say Rashi was born in 1040, and he lived for 65 years, he dies in 1105. So there's some historians that want to say that it's not, what? 1105, 1040. 1070, sorry, I made a mistake, 1070. So, so, so some people want to say, some people want to say that, historians We'll see soon what Rashi does. Rashi, Rashi changes everything. So he says, he must have lived, to, lived till 75. So, they want, so historians want to change everything. The, whatever, you can say that, but there's also a historian, there's, there's, I, somebody showed me, there's a, there's a professor in Israel that wanted to say that, prove that, that, that the Haredim are anti-women. So he brought the Gemara in, in Pesachim that says, the Gemara wants to speak about, the Gemara, if you learn the Gemara with the context, the Gemara, says, the Gemara asks a question, V'chichuldu nevi ahave. Was chul, is chul, so the way he understood it was that the Gemara was asking, there's a Nevi'a Chulda in, in Nach, and he Chulda Nevi'ahava, was she really a Navi? She was a woman, she was really a Navi? But he, it's not Maratzis, because if you look at the Gemara, the Gemara's question is, is a weasel a Navi that he knows where the Chomets is? That she knows where the Chomets is? So, but this was his big oyness, he found the right in the Gemara. Gemara doesn't accept female women, women Nevi'ahs because he Chulda Nevi'ahava. So I don't know really, <laughs> I don't really know what they're saying. But, but his point, yeah. <laughs> Sometimes they don't really get the context. But another part is because 
We also obviously find the same thing in the Rambam. The Rambam, the Rambam died, the Rambam lives the same amount of time. The Rambam, and you see the Pirisha Pashnais, the Rambam, the Rambam writes, finishing writing this Pirisha Pashnais, what he did in the 30s, and he's already mastered everything. All, all, the, Rash, all the Rambam Shittas are in Pirisha Pashnais, but he doesn't say for a Yad, rewrite it. But he's, he's a man who's 30 years old who accomplished something similar to Rashi, and he's done it at the age of 30. So I don't think it's a valid point. Meaning, whatever, you find other people that do the same thing. You find the Rambam, I'm thinking, not other people, whatever, we're speaking about. The Rambam and Rashi, but this idea of taking things from your mind and changing things because you don't understand it doesn't really work out that that often. Um, so, <coughs> what what we're speaking about what Rashi accomplishes? If you look at number three, <coughs> Rashi's Pirush and Chumash is really something amazing. The Shem Akdoyim brings down Veshamayti Mipa Kadosh Rav Muklov Rav. Muflag, Shakibo Mirabi the Rashi in this Tariak Tani is called Shakasa Pirisha Tayra. Rashi fast soon as sixty five fast before he starts writing his Pirisha Tayra. Vayoimer Rabbe Nutam, Nechtoi, Mashapirisha Dain is Ikni Ashas, Avani, as the Zois. I can also do accounts from my grandfather did regarding Gamoro. Avo Pirisha Mikro, Lays Mikhail Kiloi Uchalaso. It's not possible to do what he did. And he brings, he finds the same thing he wrote down in other places. But Ra- Ra- he gives Rashi's Pirsha Torah, he says it's unbelievable. You find, the Rashbam didn't really think that way. His other grandson criticized Rashi. His other grandson, the Rashbam writes in Parshat Yeshev that my grandfather claims to be a Pashtun. He claims to tell you Pshat. He's not telling you Pshat. He brings in too much Rashi, he brings in Midrashim. He's not real. You want a real Pshat? Learn my Pirish. Don't go to my grandfather. But, but Rashi's Pirsha Torah is his masterwork. Rashi's Pirsha Torah really opens up, is, is used by, by the guy and the Christians really start using Rashi's Pirish Al-Tayr. The Muslims try to pra- plagiarize it, whatever. Some, some Muslim scholars rewrote Rashi and claimed it was their own thing. What does it it's, I'm not sure. But, 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 but Rashi, it's really unbelievable what Rashi accomplishes. Rashi, Rashi's able to make it readable. So now we're going to find, we're going to speak about a little bit what he accomplishes and how he does it, what's Rashi's, how Rashi is unique. What Rashi does that nobody else does. So we, we mentioned last week that the Ashkenazim, the difference between the Ashkenazim yeshivas and the, and the Sephardish yeshivas, Ashkenazim were learning the entire Shas. But also Sephardim, right, we brought from the Meiri that the, there was a tshuva and the, they wrote back to the Hilchus Nadarim, that we haven't learned the Nadarim in a hundred years, and Ashkenazim are learning everything. Because there's this focus on learning for learning's sake. They, again, they have the Medrash of Divrei Kim Chaim, that there, there's every Sephar, even though we don't pass like that, is through Derech HaTorah, is, is Torah's MS, and it's no different than the Halach we pass like We just follow Roy, we have certain Kalah HaPsak, but there's no difference where else the Sephardim looks at There's one truth, there's one, you're either right or you're wrong. The Ashkenazim don't have it, that way of looking at it. So we said that Rashi collects notebooks, and he made these Ksavim, these Kuntresim from Rabbeinu Gershon, and he rewrites that. Rashi, Rashi writes a new Pirish. Why? So why does Rashi's Pirish become so popular? Because again, Rabbeinu Geshen's Pirish requires you to have a background information. So you get to know Gemara, to know, have information in Gemara's. And it also requires you to have first-hand knowledge of the Sugi we're talking about. Meaning, I, I, did, I forgot to put it on the paper, but a very good example for this is a Gemara in Baba Vasra on Dafyut Beis, in, in, in the first parak. Whereas Gemara speaks about being Mechalak saw this. There's a couple lines to give about Shruta the one being Mechalak a field, how to do it. So Ravena Gershon goes about it. By Ravena Gershon brings like five different questions, three different Gershoids, and a whole bag. It's very, you, it's very hard to make heads and tails of what Ravena Gershon is saying. Rashi is able to take that same Machlaikas, the same different ways of giving shot, make one shot, and then end up very clearly, 
like two lines. takes a whole group, a whole paragraphs, and just end off. There are those that change the gear. So Rashi is a master at taking a large, complex, complex amount of information and making it size and putting it in a few, little, as little amount of words as possible, without leaving out any information. What? There's a story with the, the, yeah. What, so, so what Rashi does, what Rashi does that makes it readable, what Rashi does that makes it so popular is Rashi does a number of things. He tells you what's a question, what, he gives you punctuation, he tells you what's a question and answer. Vahatanya, right, you come across Vahatanya in the Gemara, Vahatanya can either be Vahatanya, we learned in a Brisa question, or it can be Vahatanya, there's a Brisa that supports you. So, or a lot of things like this can mean, either way, it just depends how you read it, Rashi will tell you how to read the Gemara. Rashi will guide you through the Gemara, Rashi. Rashi will be, Rashi will be there. Rashi will also translate words for you, which actually is very interesting. Rashi translates about three thousand words into Old French. Rashi is, which is, which is, which a lot, linguists want to use use a lot. They rely on it because nobody else is writing in Old French. The only person translating any words in Old French is Rashi because the Christians are writing in Latin and the other Christians can't read. So anybody that's speaking Old French can't read. If you're if you're able to write and you're you're writing in Latin. So they use Rashi is very Rashi was preserved also by non-Jews because it was it was it, for ling, ling, linguistic sake, it's it's very helpful, it's very useful. He also has a new thing. Rashi invents the Ramaschals. Where else Rabbi Hananel and Rabbi Nissan are writing their Pirushim as summaries, the Rift, they're writing summaries, they're not they're not in the Gemara. They're their own things, they're their summaries. Rashi is now putting his things into the words of the Gemara, meaning you have you need a Gemara to read Rashi. Rashi is not taking you away from the Gemara, he's bringing you into the Gemara. So a good example to see what Rashi does and how, and how he does it, and we don't, we can't really, sometimes we don't really appreciate Rashi, meaning how it would be different without Rashi. Um, Rashi says, So Rashi, the first, the first Gemara, the first mission of because twice based in sits in So Rashi right away says that this is there, and Rashi starts off. Rashi tells me, Rashi right away tells me that it's a din din that it's not a raisa. So how should I approach the raisa? Because Rashi right away clarifies. What we're talking about? We're talking about a dinner abanan. Then Rashi says, "Pamayim b'Shabbos abesulakai." Why does Rashi have to tell me that? Rashi's telling me what we're going on. Don't try to start fixing this and giving reasons why amona, because you see the reason sheni b'chamishi only works for besulah, doesn't work for amona. Rashi is guiding us. Rashi is telling us what to think. Don't 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 get yourself confused. We're not talking about that. Rashi also brings the sheni b'chamishi. Brings that Rashi brings out the gemara about Bakama where Ezra was mesakin twice a week for basin to sit. Rashi is now, so what's Rashi doing? Rashi is bringing us back on information, information that we need to understand in Sukkia. Either we shouldn't have to run to Baba Kama or we should know, or not only, not always did everybody have a Baba Kama. You have a lot of Rishonim that were missing full Masechtas. For example, Masechtas of Adizara, a lot of Rishonim don't have, a lot of Kachim Rishonim don't have. So Rashi is giving you the information you need to understand the context of the Sukkia, which is important to know. This idea that Rashi is giving you only the information you need because when, when you want to compare one Rashi and one Masechta to Rashi and a different Masechta, Rashi's goal here is to explain you the Gemara based on the information you have from the sugya. So, when comparing different Rashi's and different Masechlis, it's important to know that Lavdafka Rashi is being so to himself. 
Rashi is explaining the sugya based on the Mahalach over here. And over there he's explaining the sugya based on the Mahalach of the Gemara over there. Rashi is very much into teaching us how to read the Gemara based on the information the Gemara provides us. Besides this, Rashi is also very... So, but Rashi is not only there to guide us and teach us how to read the Gemara. Rashi is very multi-layered. Rashi is very... Rashi it has a depth to the sugya. <coughs> you could be Mayan and more... Rashi is... Rashi, the more learning people can read. Everybody... Rashi is for everybody. More, more advanced learners, so you can, you can, you can, Mijai can Rashi, for what he takes for granted. Certain statements Rashi says that if I read the Gemara, I wouldn't have. So these statements, so how did Rashi come to them? Certain things that Rashi leaves out, there's a, and he doesn't say you can, you can also be Mijaiakin. Altogether, Rashi writes three drafts. He writes three drafts. He writes it three times. Some, certain Masachas, so we don't have a, so there are certain Masachas where we're missing him. Makis, Baba Basra, some parts of Pesachim. There are other parts. Where we're not so clear about it, the Dharam. So some people say it's just an earlier draft of Rashi. That's what a lot of people say, but it's not so simple. But either way, Rashi, a good example to show how Rashi like, lays hints for people to say is there's a Gemara in Kiddush and Dafayin Gimel. The Gemara says, number four, number five, sorry. Neman Barla Mecca. So the case is that somebody sold something to two people and both people grab it at the same time. So the, the seller calls Man that it's in his hand, it's called Man that it's in his hand, the seller is able to say who bought it. <laughs> Once other people are in possession of it, he can't say who it belongs to. Rashi is coding. Rashi is sending you to Baba Mitzia. He's telling you, you want to understand this, look at Baba Mitzia. This sugi is in Baba Mitzia. He's, he's codified, he's giving you information that you wouldn't have otherwise. He, he is able, in a short amount of words, to give you the information for everybody. So the simple guy, he's going to explain them a simple din. For the man, more advanced guys, he's telling you, you want to know this, how to sugi, go learn about Mitzia. Rashi's very good at this. Rashi has a special ability in order to do this. So another thing that, another very, what's very important to know about Rashi is Rashi, so a lot of times we spoke about Rashi's basis off his Pirushim, from what Rabbeinu Gershon writes. <coughs> he's basing it from writings of other people, the earlier Rishonim, and other times he's writing it from, from his own way of learning. And the certain Masechus Rashi didn't have anything on. Kachim Rashi had hardly anything on. But you cannot tell the difference between the Masechus that Rashi had the notes of Rabbeinu Gershon and did not have the notes of Rabbeinu Gershon. What? Yeah, Rashi, Rashi, Rashi can do it. Rashi doesn't need these, these notes to do it. You cannot tell the difference between what he has, what he doesn't have. Similarly with the Ramam, we compared the Ramam Rashi earlier. Similarly the Ramam, in Hilchus and Nizakin, he has a lot from the Gaiden. Rav Sadiqan writes on Hilchus and Nizakin. The Gaiden wrote a lot of Tzvarim on Nizakin. There's a lot of writing. But Zroyim, nobody wrote on, nobody learned in a thousand years. Rashi is basically off the Mishnayis and the Yerushalmis. Rab, oh, sorry, the Ramam is basically off the Mishnayis and the Yerushalmis. But you cannot tell the difference between Halakha that the Ramam wrote with information provided by the Gaiden and his own information. It's this ability to absorb not only information, but a way of thinking. And it's, 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 it's certain Masechus, 15% of, 70, 85% of what you're getting is, is Rabbeinu Gershon and 50% just Rashi. And other Masechus 100% Rashi, but you can't tell the difference. That's how good Rashi is at, 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 at codifying, at, at writing. Rashi is also a place. Rashi writes, sometimes Rashi, certain Rashi's are, I'll leave it to Hilchus, Rashi in, Rashi in, um, Rashi in, Rashi in Chulin. So, for, for example, Rashi's in Chulun and Avodah Zara are a lot more Aliba de Hilchas. Rashi will put a lot more Alacha there. Why? Because maybe they're more practical and more informative. But you see, Rashi's Daphnon Beis and Aleph. Rashi brings out a Bahag. <coughs> Basically, this Gemara is in Abel Trefus. 
there's a list of like 71 different diseases that an animal has that it's no longer kosher. So the Bahag brings down, who's one of the Goyenim, brings down that we are not Nemon, we don't know anything anymore, we can't do Dikas Atrefas anymore. Well, we used to be able to do it, but now we can't do it. Rashi brings down, he says, how can you say that? Yiftach right? We are the Rabbanim. Now we'll give a Psak now. It's also very interesting, because Yiftach B'dorek Shmuel right? Yiftach was before Shmuel. So not always do things get worse, sometimes they get better. Shmuel's after. But either way, we're the Rabbanim. If, okay, we're not as good as they were, but we still can pass in Trefas. We can still pass in Galachas. You can't tell me you can't pass Galachas. Rashi argues the Bahag there. Which is interesting, it's the body test of Ashkenazim passing like Bahag, in this case. Whereas the Sephardim hold that we could still do Badikas Atrefus. But you see, Rashi, Rashi, Rashi is putting halacha. Rashi is not only telling you Pshat in the Gemara, Rashi goes on, tells you certain halachas. Also, <coughs> there's a very interesting shuva. Rashi is not afraid to argue with his Rabbeim when he thinks it's the right halacha. There's a shuva, Rashi, Rashi writes that, 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 that I, I always thought that there wasn't a cop. My rabbi, Rav Shleim Bar Yitzchak, told me, Bar Yitzchak Levi, who's a rabbi in Worms, told me, there's no, there's a concept in halacha of bitl b'shishim. The telling is, you have shishim negadechad, there's a concept of bitl that is no longer aser. That this concept doesn't apply by Basar B'chalov. Even the Gemara, the Mishnah says, seems to say it does, because there's a Stam Mishnah that says it doesn't. So there's no concept of Bittl B'shish by Basar B'chalov. Rashi writes that afterwards I got a Mishnah that says and I was mine in the Gemara, and I found out that he was wrong, and then I went and I told him. Next time I saw him, I told him. So Rashi's not only not afraid, Rashi's going to argue with his teacher when he thinks he's right, he's going to give the right Psak. Rashi's a Paisik. Not only Mufar, she's a Paisik. Rashi has two daughters that we really know, his three daughters that we know about. His oldest daughter is Yecheved, so she marries Meir Barshmu. They have four sons, the Rashbam is the oldest. Yitzchak, the Rivam, was born, so the Rashbam is born in 1080. He's the oldest. Then Yitzchak is born 10 years later. And then another 10 years later, Rabbi Tam is born. So, and then Rishlaim was born. And, and these are the main Baliyatesi, the Oprah Yeshivas, and they're the main critics of Rashi. They're his grandchildren. They have a daughter, Chana who is known to have taught halachas to women. She was some, some sort of magachir. She would teach halachas that were negated to them. Here's another daughter, Miriam, who married Yehuda Ba'nason. And Yehuda Ba'nason is the one who completes Rashi's Pirush HaMesachas Makas. Rashi's Pirush HaMesachas Makas ends in Dafyutas. It speaks about Hilchaz Maitzir Sheni. Rashi ends off with saying, Tahar. So he writes, so Rav Yehuda Bar Nassim writes, he, 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 he came Batar, he was Tar, he left Batar. Which is a similar thing Gemara about Rav Elazar and Mishach Sanhedrin, and he died saying the word Tar. So we see Rashi, they give Rashi has this status as, as Rabbi Shal Yisrael. So they have, four, they have a number of kids also. <coughs> they have the son, what Rashi's second daughter, Miriam. So there's a son who's Rav who becomes a Shishiv in Paris. And his brother Shimshir Elazar teach there also. They have another daughter who also teaches halachas to women, who's also in the also teaching Torah. What? What's her name? Uh, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to pronounce. No. Rashi has a third daughter, Rachel. She she is married and she divorces her husband, whose name was uh, Elazar Ben Shamei. So Rashi, besides that, Rashi writes a number of piyutim. Rashi's a python. Rashi, Rashi's also very involved in Askanos. Rashi has to do a lot with the Christians. There are stories with him and, uh, and uh, the leader, Godfrey, the leader of the Crusades. A lot of stories before the Crusades they met. 
And but Rashi is unique. That Rashi now Rashi has changed the whole system. Rashi now no longer is it that a bar that I have to go learn by somebody. That something has to meaning. Even by Rabbi Nagesh, where everybody was entitled to learn, I was still required to go to yeshiva and learn by this person. I, I had to have a masur, I had to have an understanding of the sugyas. Rashi allows you to essentially, with a, with a knowledge of basic Aramaic, to, to learn by yourself, which is very important. So we've reached basically the fourth stage of the way Torah learning is changed. Right, the first one was the Ga'oinim, where you have to learn by us. There's only one halacha, you can't have another opinion, we're not writing, we'll answer your questions. You want to learn, but you have to come to us. Then, Rabbeinu Hanan or Rav Nisim Goyen and Rav open up yeshivas outside of Bavil, where there, now you can learn other places. But, they start writing portion, but there's only one halacha, there's no machlaikas, and you still need to learn by us, but you don't have to go to these set places. Rabbeinu Gershon changes that, you could argue there's no one said one halacha, we've had this idea of a dialogue, of of a, sort of democratization of halacha, of Torah learning, that everybody's entitled to their opinion, and everybody's opinions have to be answered in the tshuva that we pointed out last week. And then the fourth stage is Rashi, where not, but Rabbinic you still have to go learn by him, because you have to have a knowledge of a sugya. Rashi now allows you essentially to learn by yourself. Now, now you're not necessarily going to understand it properly, but there's no necessarily a need, necessity for you to go learn in the yeshiva. Yeah. I, yeah, so, yeah. So next week we'll maybe speak about the Balayat Taisvisin and how things change with them.